Our reading this evening is from 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. Finally then, brothers, we ask and urge you in the Lord Jesus that as you received from us how you ought to walk and to please God, just as you are now doing, that you do so more and more. For you know what instructions we gave you through the Lord Jesus. For this is the will of God, your sanctification that you abstain from sexual immorality, that each one of you know how to control his own body in holiness and honor, not in the passion of lust like the Gentiles who do not know God, that no one transgress and wrong his brother in this matter, because the Lord is an avenger in all these things, as we told you beforehand and solemnly warned you. For God has not called us for impurity, but in holiness. Therefore, whoever disregards this disregards not man, but God, who gives his Holy Spirit to you. Now concerning brotherly love, you have no need for anyone to write to you, for you yourselves have been taught by God to love one another. For that indeed is what you are doing to all the brothers throughout Macedonia. But we urge you, brothers, to do this more and more, and to aspire to live quietly, and to mind your own affairs, and to work with your hands as we instructed you, so that you may walk properly before outsiders and be dependent on no one. O Lord, have mercy on us. Thanks be to God. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. St. Paul was concerned about the Thessalonians. He had to leave them in such a hurry, and he didn't know who would come in after him to teach them falsely, to afflict them and lead them astray, and so he sent Timothy to find out how they were doing. And last week we heard what great news Paul received, that the Thessalonians were remaining steadfast. They were still believing the gospel that Paul had preached to them. They were growing in faith. And that's an important thing for Paul. It's important that he not just leave behind the Thessalonians and then later find them exactly where he found them in the first place, exactly where he left them when he went away. He's not interested in having them be stagnant or static, not in having them just sit there, but he's interested in having them grow because the Christian life is not static. It's not about finding a spot and then staying put, but it's a walk. It's a way. This is the word that Paul uses to describe the life of a Christian tonight. He says, walk. Walk, as you've been called. Walk in the way that God has taught you. Go on the way. There are two ways. This is how the Christian church has often described. The choice between faith and unbelief, between righteousness and wickedness, it is a choice of two ways. One that leads to life and the other to death. And a way requires that you go, not that you stay put, but that you follow the path. The Christian life is not a spectator sport. It's not just a matter of choosing the right team to cheer for, but it is about playing the game. As Paul will put it this Sunday, it is about running the race, that you may obtain the prize. And so Paul says to the Thessalonians, walk. Walk and please God, just as you are doing, and do so more and more. Now that picture of walking Paul takes into mind here because they have choices ahead of them. They've got bodies that they need to guard from sin. They have brothers around them that they need to show love to. They have neighbors in the world to whom they need to give a good witness and make sure that they are being wise and prudent and righteous. So Paul talks about this walk 
And he talks about how they should control their bodies, how they should pay attention to the things that they're doing. The image that came to my mind here when thinking about what it's like to walk in a Christian life is the idea of sort of walking a dog. So maybe you've seen somebody try to walk a dog who has absolutely no control over that dog. It's really the case that the dog is walking them, right? You see somebody, maybe a little person, uh, a child who's holding a leash and it's a very big dog and that dog is just yanking that kid along, just pulling them wherever that dog wants to go. In that situation, it's the dog who's calling the shots. It's the dog who is walking their owner. That's how things work. That's how things were for you and for me and for every person in this world apart from Christ. Our bodies, our lives were enslaved to sin. We had no choice but to follow the dictates of sin, to follow the passions and desires of our flesh. It's important to know, it's important to know that our bodies are not evil. But when our bodies are used to embody evil, that is, when our bodies are used to pursue passions and lusts of the flesh, then they do evil things, when they are out of control, when we are not self-controlled and disciplined, then our bodies become instruments of evil. That's how it was for us, for every person in this world according to the flesh, a slave to sin, being walked by sin, looking as though we had some control over the situation, but really just being dragged along, like a little child being pulled by some great Dane. That's how sin worked in our lives. But that's not how it is for Christians. For Christians, we're not bound simply to follow the dictates of our flesh. We're not bound to just go after whatever is pleasant or comfortable or easy, like a dog just sort of following its nose wherever it wants to go. That's not how Christians live their lives because we have been set free. We've been set free, so now we have something to do with where we go. We have a place we are trying to get. We're on a walk, and we are the ones choosing the way. We're not being driven here and there by the desires of our flesh. We've been set free. So the roles have changed. Now you're some great bulky he-man and it's just a little tiny chihuahua that you're walking in front of you. Of course, you have some options. You can yank that dog and get it to go wherever you want. You can train it and teach it to follow your commands. That's how it is for Christians. This is what Paul is urging the Thessalonians to do, to take control of their lives. They've been set free from sin. So exercise self-control. Be disciplined. Know. Know that your bodies are susceptible to evil, and so be on guard. Train them in righteousness. This is already what has happened to the Thessalonians. This is what has happened to every Christian. We've already been set free. The Thessalonians turned away from idolatry. They already gave up all of the things that they loved before, the things that drew them away from God, as it has been for you. You've already, you've already begun to live a righteous life and holy life. You've already begun to gain control over your flesh and to train yourself in righteousness. You've already learned something about being content, about living a quiet and peaceable life, about minding your own affairs, about serving your neighbor, about loving him and showing him what is good. You've already begun. That's what it means to be a Christian. But Paul asks the Thessalonians to pay attention to that and to do more and more. Because the life of a Christian is not static. It's not just sitting there. It's not saying, oh, that's good enough. I've done enough. But it is a life of sanctification, of growing. Even the images that are used in the Bible that seem kind of static, like 
when Jesus describes people like a tree, or in the Psalms, when the man who is blessed is the one who is planted by streams of living water, that person at least is still growing and bearing fruit. There's something happening. There's motion. There's growth. There's sanctification. There's an increase in holiness and honor. There's more and more and more. That's what Paul is urging on the Thessalonians today. You've already begun. You've had a great start. Don't stay put. Don't think that just sitting there is the life that God has for you, but more and more and more all the time is what God has in store for you. Paul gives them a warning. He says, if you don't pay attention to that, if you think that you've got it made in the shade and you're just fine and you can stay put and you don't have to do any more, you don't need to progress, you don't need to be sanctified, he says, you're going to hurt your brother. You're going to hurt your neighbor. You're going to sin. And God is the avenger of sin. So watch out, Paul says. But above all else, he gives this promise. Hold fast to these words. It is God's will for you that you be sanctified. It's his will for you that you grow in faith and love. It's his will for you that you do more and more in righteousness and holiness, that you increase in love all the way to the resurrection. It's his will for you. It's what you get when you pray the Lord's Prayer. Thy will be done. You grow exactly as he wants you to. You grow into the person that he has designed you to be, that he has redeemed you to be. That is what Paul prays for from the Thessalonians. That they wouldn't just stay put, but that they'd see the life of a Christian as a life of growth, and they'd see the opportunity ahead of them to put to death their sinful flesh, to keep it under control, to keep it at bay, and instead to cling to what is good, to flee from evil and hold fast to God. That's the charge for every Christian. That's the charge for you tonight. You've done well. You've done well. Your faith is known. You've been blessed by God. Your good works are apparent. Do so more and more. To do that, to do that, pray. Ask for God's help. Ask him to send your spirit to strengthen you and increase you and continue to come again and again to receive forgiveness and life from God himself who gives you everything you need for every good work that he has prepared for you from the foundations of the world. Put your trust in him and let him be glorified in you. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, amen.